the thing that I wanted to start with was kind of the marketing pitch. That was actually harder than I expected, just to see what people got attracted to, what people didn't understand. That's something we're doing today, in fact. And then the decision between kind of buy versus build, you know, like, do I actually want to build something that works end to end before I get feedback? You know, no, right? You, you want to optimize for shipping something that something can see as soon as possible, right? Because, you know, you're, you're trying to validate your idea and you don't want to spend too much time because you're paying contractors out of pockets to, to actually build this with you. My name is Frederick Bjork. I'm the founder and CEO of Graphbase. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Spent six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the back end. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know it what to do next. It took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried it again. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. Not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Labhart. Today, how Frederick Bjork is giving you a way to combine your data to a centralized GraphQL endpoint. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there too. Terso makes this easy utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Frederick Bjork is originally from Sweden, but has spent many years in San Francisco. He got started coding in BASIC on his Commodore 64, while also playing video games, of course. Post-graduating from RIT, he's been involved in many startups, like Avatars United and The Real Real. Outside of tech, he's a dad of two kids and likes to run, specifically marathons. Frederick noticed that the patterns of development has changed towards outsourcing over building everything in-house. Fast forward to 2021, great services exist to empower developers to ship faster. Frederick wanted to build a service like this for the API layer and below. This is the creation story of GraphBase. I've always been looking for tools and services to make you ship faster, essentially, you know, abstractions on top of cloud infrastructure, database, search, CI, CD, and anything that you have to rebuild over and over in every company you start. I always try to look for things that are not the core value of the company and the kind of outsource that. And 20, 15, 20 years ago, most companies like to build in-house, but I would say the pattern the past decade is to try to outsource as much as possible. 
so when AWS came out, I, I you know immediately adopted it. It kind of just clicked for me. But then I also started looking for companies that made it easier to build on top. So when early on it was Engineard, Rightscale, and then when Heroku came out in 2008, that was really kind of instrumental and really changed mindsets to kind of empower more developers to ship, uh, being empowered to ship to production. I think that's really, really powerful. And that's always been kind of a philosophy that I've had at companies is to use tools that make you go faster, but also that you enjoy, you enjoy your day-to-day, -day, right? The developer experience piece. So fast forward to 2021, then, you know, you have great services like Netlify, Vercel, PlanetScale, and today Neon. And it's those are, those are companies that I've built great platforms that have empowered developers to build magnificent kind of applications really fast and without worrying about a DevOps team or complicated CI/CD pipelines. And more importantly, they can ship faster than ever. I wanted to do something like that for the API layer and below. I didn't really find anything on the market that did this. I think the, the, the closest thing to what we, we, we are building is service called AWS AppSync, which is a managed GraphQL service they have. The early days of Prisma, which was called GraphCool, had a similar feature. This was many years ago. Uh, but I always kind of liked that, that approach of like sticking to something that's really simple to adopt, simple to use with a good developer experience. But but, but again, those, you know, GraphCool doesn't exist anymore, AppSync is AWS, so doesn't have the greatest DX in my mind. So that's something I started prototyping. I built something in a few months. I showed it to a bunch of full stack and mobile developers. And after leaving the real real in late 2021 to <clears throat> build GraphBase. So what is GraphBase? I think it, the number one thing is we provide a fully managed GraphQL gateway deployed to the edge. And then the second thing is we offer an edge network. So it accelerates your API, but also existing data sources you might have, such as databases that are on-premise or APIs, third-party APIs that you don't control. So we want to unify them behind a GraphQL endpoint as well as make them go faster globally. Let's dive into the MVP. So tell me about that first version of the product you built. How long did it take you to build? And what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? I was kind of sitting during COVID, as everyone else in, in my garage, brainstorming. And the MVP in my mind at the time was really a serverless database that with a GraphQL interface. I want something that where a front-end developer could essentially build the whole back-end end-to-end. That's what I set out to do, and it took me about two to three months to build it. I got a front-end developer and a designer, a part-time designer, to help me build kind of the dashboard. So we built a pretty simple Next.js app deployed to Vercel with Firebase. We kind of experimented with a bunch of different databases. I actually ended up using dgraph, which is a also the graph database behind the scenes, just to get things going, and that. That was enough to kind of showcase it to, to people. And some people actually built some applications on top of the first version of GraphBase. This was almost three years ago. Let's stay on that MVP for, for a minute. Tell me about some of the decisions and trade-offs you had to make when building that MVP. 
you're kind of touching on them at a high level, but dive into them for me about, you know, maybe technical debt, technical choices, or approach, abstractions, limitations, all the things, right? Tell me about some of those decisions and trade-offs you had to work through and how you cope with them. The thing that I wanted to start with was kind of the marketing pitch. That was actually harder than I expected, just like the landing page. Like, what is this thing? So I spent a great amount of time on that, actually. And then I, I tried to iterate on that before we built the dashboard and the product itself. But that was a pretty good learning experience just to see what people got attracted to, what people didn't understand. That's something we're doing today, in fact. So it's an ongoing thing, but that was a good learning experience. And then I think the decision between kind of buy versus build, you know, like, do I actually want to build something that works end to end before I get feedback? You know, no, right? You, you want to optimize for shipping something that something can see as soon as possible, right? Because, you know, you're, you're trying to validate your idea and you don't want to spend too much time because you're paying contractors out of pockets to, to actually build this with you. So that was kind of the trade-off and a really good learning experience. You know, today we're 20 people and I'm still trying to apply those first principles. This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done, i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero-trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble? Super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash codestory. So you've got your MVP. It's working. How have you progressed the product from that point and matured it? And I think... You know, to wrap that in a box a little bit, how did you go about building your roadmap? And how did you go about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build with GraphBase? First version we started building for production. So this was essentially after I decided six months or so, or maybe more after the prototype 
was live and I got a few hundred people to test it. I raised capital, started hiring people, right? So the first version that we started building, this was December 2021, was really more of a backend as a service product, right? So think about Firebase or Superbase, and we wanted to make it really, really easy to build a stateful GraphQL API deployed to the edge. The first versions of GraphBase was serverless, and it was deployed to a single region, which is something that I wanted to offer to users, because I think that's that's the way these days, is to offer usage-based pricing and also not have to worry about servers. But then, as I started thinking about you know the coming decade of APIs, you know, there was this emerging technology called WebAssembly, which is both available on the browser as well as the server side. But I was focused on the server side and I wanted to build something where the API is deployed close to the end user. You know, static content has seen this in the past 20 plus years with CDNs. You know, you don't, you don't deploy a website today without a CDN. It's very rare, I would say. And I think the coming decade is also going to see that revolution for dynamic experiences, you know, compute essentially through an edge network. So that's one of our big bets at GraphBase. So we, we deploy every project as a GraphQL gateway that's deployed to the edge automatically for you. So you get you know, a GraphQL endpoint that sits in 300 plus data centers within five seconds, essentially. For some businesses, it matters more than others, but for most companies, you have users in more than one region. So you know, user experience performance matters. But the second thing is, you know, most APIs and databases are deployed to a single region. So it doesn't always help. But if you apply edge caching on top of that, then you can effectively make experiences go faster for everyone across the globe by deploying, you know, a GraphQL gateway next to the user and then caching it using that same edge network. Let's switch to team then. So how did you go about building your team? And what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? Well, what I did is first few hires, I actually posted on Hacker News, the Who's Hiring post. The thing we, we spelled out there was, you know, people who know Rust, people who want to build for developers and people who are remote first. So I think those three filters got really a good good amount of really good people attracted to GraphBase. So we went from just me to I think seven people in three weeks. And then we've been slowly kind of adding to the team over the past year and a half. Now we're close, we're 19 people today, all remote. So mostly throughout Europe, where we have a couple of people in the US, predominantly developers. We have two people doing a DevRel, one product manager, and then two designers. But the rest is mostly Rust backend devs and then two frontend devs. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud costs, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai/codestory to get started. 
This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vercel edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With a developer experience of SQLite and a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for CodeStory listeners. Head over to terso.tech CodeStory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O dot tech slash CodeStory. Terso. Welcome to the Data Edge. So this will be interesting, you know, given all the things we've talked about with Edge and how you're approaching this problem, and really just in general, I find this question interesting. Let's talk about scalability. So did you build this to scale efficiently from day one, or have you been finding this as you grow in any sort of capacity? So a few things there. The number one thing is internally, everything we build is serverless. So we don't have any ongoing, always on costs. And then two, because it's serverless, it scales by nature. Like I've mentioned before, we're deployed to Cloudflare. They're the, mo- the world's most advanced and high performant edge network. And the rest lives in AWS, which is also running on serverless services like Dynamo and Lambda. So from a scalability perspective and cost, we're really set up for ha- to handle anything. Okay, so as you step out on the balcony, and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? We, we just launched the public beta in April, so I'm kind of digesting that. But I would say I'm really proud of the local dev experience. Uh, that's something that we're con- continuously kind of working on. But the fact that you can, through one command, an NPX command, an NPX graph-based dev, you can get a production parity local development environment with a GraphQL API, a kind of GraphQL Explorer that we call Pathfinder, as well as a database and full text search, that's pretty magic. And I think going from that to actually deploying it to production within 10 seconds or less, uh, using either the CLI or through a GitHub integration, that's magic. I mean, not just deploying to production, but production means deploy to the edge. So it's globally fast without you spending any effort on it. And it's just worth noting, it has branching built in. So each branch has a dedicated database as well as search and fronted by a GraphQL gateway. We've just really tried to feel that magic from your terminal to production. So having an idea or tweaking, adding, removing a field to your GraphQL API should be really, really low effort and it should feel like magic. I'm really proud of that. So let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. After we launched, you know, the private beta last year, we we were essentially a backend as a service company. In my opinion, we still have that really magic feel where you can kind of stand up an API with the database and search and all, all of that kind of built in. But, you know, you realize that it's really hard to sell it into bigger companies. They usually have a database, they trust, they like. So that the data portion is a really tough challenge. So I think I wouldn't call it a mistake, but just an insight. So then based on that you know, kind of feedback from, from customers, when we talked, you know, mid to larger size companies was that, you know, I think we're going to accelerate the brownfield portion of Graphbase sooner than we expected. 
what we're much more focused on is to provide a unified data layer at the edge via GraphQL to talk to and connect with existing databases and APIs. And that's a much easier conversation to have. You, know, you might have a GraphQL API already, and we can provide edge caching for that or analytics that you might not have, or just a better DX for local dev or CI, CD, faster deploys. Like there, there's many, many pain points that people who have GraphQL in production can bring to the table and we can solve for them. So I think that, that's been like the biggest repositioning of GraphBase since we started. Okay, what does the future look like for the product and for your team? We launched the public beta in April uh, and now we're, we're working with our early customers, which is super rewarding. And now we're just want to try to scale that out and, and get GraphBase on the map and get into you know Fortune 500. You know GraphQL is on the rise, adoption is increasing every year. So we want to make sure that GraphBase is, is the best option to build and deploy GraphQL APIs. In order to do that, we've now shifted the focus from not just building to actually talking about what we're building. So we have an emphasis now on, in addition to just guides and change logs, which is what we've been doing all along, is also to do some blogging, you know, and the whole company is, is doing that right now. We started doing that a few weeks ago. And even this podcast, trying to talk about what we've done, because we've done some pretty interesting and remarkable things that I'm sure a lot of people will want to hear about. Okay, Frederick, let's switch to you. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. Most founders in general, I think, are really interesting to talk to about their learnings, where they failed, where they succeeded. And me living in San Francisco really has shaped the way I think and view the world, and especially when it comes to developer experience. You know, <clears throat> thankful to have investors of companies like you know Vercel, Netlify, Datadog, who I've been fortunate enough to you know have on my cap table as well as who, who helped me shape GraphBase, you know, and also helped with fundraising, blog posts and just like sounding board for products, features, right? So I'd say most of the people who were part of my pre-seed for GraphBase have, have been are the people I look up to. Okay, we talked about a mistake earlier, but this is a little different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? Could have been something that worked pretty well, but maybe you'd tweak it a little bit. Definitely focus a lot more on fewer things and just really get to the bottom of what the customers want. What are they really looking for? What are their pain points? And solving for that. Really easy to get into this dream mode, which is good too. You know, when you're inspired, you start to crank out things. And I have a lot of kind of parallel thoughts. That's just the way I operate. But uh, just because you are 19 people doesn't mean you should be working on 19 things. So that's something we started doing early this year is to be much more focused and build fewer things, but focus on them and do them better. Frederick, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. Can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person, having gone down this road a bit? I mean, I think it's the most important thing is to have fun and to build it because you're passionate about it and you think it's going to change the world to a better place. And like that, that's my number one advice. Like, have fun every day. Like, get, go to bed 
enjoying what you did and wake up looking forward to the next day of doing it. And remember, there's other things outside your startup. So try to try to take a break. And if you have a partner or a family, you know, don't forget them. Fantastic advice. Well, Frederick, thank you for being on the show today. And thank you for telling the creation story of GraphBase. Thanks so much. It's been super fun. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.